Welcome to the first episode of Late Night Cafecito with Michelle. It is so surreal to finally have an episode up. I really hope you all like today's topic and the upcoming topics in future episodes. For today's topic, I will be talking about the brutal murder of Gwen Araujo. So, grab your cafecito, relax, and enjoy the episode. On October 2nd, 2002, Gwen Araujo was brutally murdered at the age of 17 by three men she saw as her friends. The reason for her murder was because she was a transgender woman. Gwen Araujo was born on February 24th, 1985 in the San Francisco Bay Area and was given the male name of Edward Araujo Jr. or they would call him Eddie and she was the daughter of Edward Araujo and Sylvia Guerrero. Throughout her childhood as a male, Gwen knew that she was a female trapped in the body of a boy. Like any other typical transgender person, they knew, they know from childhood that they're not biologically the person they are. They know who they are, obviously. And her family started to notice that she used to play with dolls and often said that she wanted to be pretty. When Gwen was in 8th grade, she told her girlfriend that she had, at the time, like girlfriend meaning as a friend, um, that she was different. And then Gwen proceeded to give her a bubble ring and asked her if they could be best friends forever. When they were 17... The girl, who was now known as Stephanie, said that she bumped into her and she saw that she had black hair with red streaks, perfect makeup, and sculpture brows. Obviously, Stephanie was surprised to see Gwen dressed as a girl, but she understood her already as to what she meant when they were in 8th grade. Yet... To this day, Stephanie still hasn't taken off that bubble ring that Gwen gave her when they were in 8th grade. It's, it's sad to really think about that. And honestly, that's how you know Stephanie was truly a good friend and true friend to Gwen. Moving, moving on. Um... When Gwen turned 14, she got the courage to tell her family about her gender identity and asked them if they could stop calling her Eddie and start calling her Gwen. The reason why she wanted to be called Gwen was in honor of Gwen Stefani and if they could refer to her pronouns as she and her. Obviously, as her family took this into shock, yet they were very supportive as to Gwen's decision or as they said their quote-unquote her decision Um, of her going from male to female. So, they were supportive of her and they still loved her. Yet, they still messed up her pronouns sometimes because they weren't so used to them. But they apologized for it and eventually they got used to calling her a she or her. They also, Gwen and her mom came to the to the agreement that once Gwen had gender reassignment surgery that they would legally change her name from Gwen Rose Araujo 
Oh, my bad. They would legally change her name from Edward Araujo Jr. to Gwen Rose Araujo. After Gwen came out to her family, Gwen told her parents about wanting to use the female restroom in her school. So her mother, as any other mother, went to the school, talked to the administration to see if they could approve of Gwen letting, uh, being able to use the female restroom. To this, the school denied her her request to have Gwen use the restroom. We have also to, we also have to keep in mind that during this time, because Gwen had just came out as a transgender person, she was receiving a lot of backlash. As I said before, this is in the late 90s, early 2000s. So there was still a lot of backlash towards the LGBTQ plus community. This meaning that whoever came out as um, queer or non-binary or transgender at the time was not seen well upon. And it's honestly very sad because even to this day, being 2019, a lot of people are still getting backlash for coming out and being truly who they are. And if you're a person who is scared to come out due to being scared of receiving backlash for anyone just keep in mind this if it's if it makes you happy to finally be who you are truly who you are then do it do it don't be scared you're not alone there's always someone who will support you i may not know you but i support you So, when Gwen was in school, she got a lot of bullying due to due to her being a transgender woman. And the school really didn't do anything about the bullying. They actually encouraged it more. So, Gwen went through that bullying and the administration being supportive of it and not letting her use the female restroom when she had asked to use the female restroom and it got to the point where even the 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 administration at the school pushed her out of the school they literally dropped her out just for being a transgender woman that is so sad to hear especially in the late 90s early 2000s that is so sad like Gwen should have not gone through that. Getting kicked out of school meant that Gwen was finally able to pursue the career that she wanted, which was becoming a makeup artist. Gwen's family often says that Gwen was very creative. She was fun. She was full of life, talkative, and said that she was often optimistic and could make anyone smile, even if they were mad or sad. And honestly, putting a little output into the world as to how I see Gwen just by reading her story and listening to her mom talk about her daughter. It is so sad that her life was brutally taken away so young. 
and so smart. And it's sad just to see this such a beautiful person inside and out have her life taken away so brutally just because she was a transgender woman. Her life was brutally taken away the night of October 2nd, 2002 by Michael Magidson, age of the time of the murder, 22, Jason Cáceres, age of the time of the murder, 19, and Jose Merel at the age of the age of the time of the murder, 24. There was a fourth man arrested by the name of Paul Morel Jr., whom was the brother of Jose Merel, but was eventually released from jail as there was no evidence leading to him being part of the murder. Although the men were the ones who committed the murder, they were not the ones to start the acts of violence towards Gwen that night. We also have to take in fact that there was another fifth man that was actually um put on trial and was taken to prison by the name of jaron neighbors he was also 19 but i will talk more about him later on so the reason that the events that happened on the night of october 2nd was because gwen went to a house party that night that was hosted by Nicole Brown and Jose Merel at no my bad Paul Merel at the time Nicole and Paul were together and Paul had just gotten out of jail for for car theft so three years after Gwen's murder the truth came out as to from what actually had happened that night so in 2005, Nicole Brown had a testimony towards the men as to what had happened that night. Nicole testified that in the house party they were at, she was curious as to Gwen's gender and said she wasn't the only one who was curious about it. We have to take in mind that it is said also that during the time of the house party, Gwen had been sex- has had, had sex with two of her aggressors. It is not known who it was exactly, but it is rumored to be either Jason Casares or Michael Magidson. This meaning that it pinpointed them to be her first two aggressors. Nicole stated, and I quote, I suggested that one of the men took Gwen to the bathroom and find out by checking her. They were slow to act, so I got frustrated and went over and checked myself. I put my hand between her legs and checked and I freaked. freaked. I screamed and ran out of the bathroom. Brown then proceeded to tell the men that Gwen was biologically a male, to which Merel said, and I quote, I don't like men. After this event had happened inside of the house party, Gwen was pushed down and her skirt was revealed up to see her underwear. My bad. Her skirt was pulled up to reveal her underwear to show her genitalia that she biologically had. After that, 
the men the the men started to brutally beat Gwen up, and it got to the point where they wrapped her up, her her feet and her her legs together, and they threw her in the back of of a truck, and they drove her all the way to Sierra Foothill, and her body was then proceeded to be wrapped in a bedsheet and thrown into a shallow grave. It is said that due to his remorse as to the things he witnessed, Jared Nebers led the police to the grave where they had put Gwen in. Later, when the first trials were going on, Michael Magidson and Jason Gossettis tried to blame their actions as having gay-slash-trans panic, yet they showed no remorse as to the crimes they did. Jose Merel showed from the very beginning of the trials remorse, yet he was remorse and so they sentenced him to 15 years in prison michael magidson didn't show any remorse yet he was also sentenced to 15 years in prison jason casares also showed no remorse and pleaded as no contest to voluntary manslaughter in exchange of six years in prison the reason why he got only six years in prison was because two veredicts did not know how many years to put him in prison in due to the way he pleaded Personally, I think he should have gotten more years because he was one of the main aggressors towards Gwen. Lastly, Jerry Neighbors pleaded as involuntary manslaughter and was sentenced to 11 years in prison. It is said that currently Casares and Neighbors have been have been long out of custody. And Magidson and Merel are still in jail. But Merel said that now he understands Gwen's mother and her suffering because in 2011 Mere lost a daughter so he feels the pain and he feels more remorse now towards what he did to Gwen and personally I think that they should have gotten more jail time than what they got because it's a murder they did and it was a hate crime towards an LGBTQ plus person just because you're from an LGBT, you're part of the LGBTQ community, doesn't mean that you're any less of a human. It doesn't matter your sexuality or your gender identity, or if, even if you're non-binary. It doesn't matter who you are or who you identified yourself as to get justice. It doesn't matter but sadly that's the society we live in today and it's changing i know it is but the changes are slow but there has to be more justice to this <sighs> moving on as i like is as you guys heard this is obviously the case of a transgender hate crime towards a chicana Although very little media covered her story, it did start a lot of activist groups to bring awareness to the hate crimes like Gwen's. Since Gwen's mother couldn't go back to work after the trauma she went of seeing her daughter and knowing what happened to her daughter, it is said that she's been going from house to house trying to live the day by day. And the activist groups that have started 
due to Gwen's story have helped her immensely trying to find clues, trying to find her a house to stay in, food, sleep. So she got a lot of support after her daughter had passed away. And up to this day, she is still getting support from the activist groups. And she is still trying to fight to get more justice for her daughter. Yet Gwen's case is not is one of the few ones that has actually caught injustice. There is many cases out there from the LGBTQ plus community that have not received any justice at all or any media coverage at all. Even in fiction novels, hate crimes towards LGBTQ plus people seem to not get justice by the police. An example of this is in the novel Aristotle and Dante Discover the Secrets of the Universe by Ben Sines, who was the creative writing professor at the University of Texas at El Paso. In the novel, the main character Dante was brutally beaten, just like Gwen, but he didn't die. Yet he was very close to dying due to how bad he had been beaten up. And the reason as to why he was beat up was because he was kissing a guy, another guy in an alley. So just because in the novel Dante was kissing another guy, clearly himself being gay, he was bru- brutally beaten up just for being gay. If that doesn't scream homophobia, then I don't know what else does. In the novel, Dante doesn't go to the police to report the guys that beat him up half to death just because he knew no justice will be be done due to his sexuality. We also have to take in mind that this novel and this exact scene in the novel was taken place in the late 80s. So we also have to keep in mind that this is also during the AIDS, HIV crisis. So anybody who came out as gay was seen to have AIDS, even if they didn't. So maybe this was another reason as to why Dante didn't go to get like any justice to what he had experienced. Another case in the novel is another one of the main characters, Aristotle, also known as Ari Ari. Um, his brother Bernardo brutally beat up a, um, to death a transvestite for the mere fact that he wasn't biologically a woman for some reason this angered bernardo and caused him to do the crime that he did towards the individual bernardo actually went to jail for his crime yet no one really knows the reason as to why he did his crime perhaps was it because he was afraid that he was attracted to the transvestite or per- perhaps he tried to claim his actions just like mag magdison and Casares being as gay slash trans panic We have to keep in mind, again, that the novel takes place in the late 80s and Bernardo's case took place in the mid to late 70s and real-life case of Gwen took place in 2002. The decades aren't that far apart, yet they show the major backlash and hate that the LGBTQ plus community still receives. Even till this day, being almost two decades from Gwen's passing that there is still a lot of backlash and hate crimes towards the LGBTQ plus community yet there's little to no media coverage on it just for the mere fact that it's either gay people bisexuals 
pansexuals, transsexuals, non-binary, whatever, whatever like the person identifies as. There is no justice being made. And that really has to change. Gwen's story is very tragic, but the small media coverage it got was the start of new trans laws and better understanding of the trans people. Her story was made into an, a film called A Girl Like Me, the Gwen Araujo story, and it shows her life, her transitioning, and sadly, her murder and the trials. So it's an amazing film. You guys should really go check it out. Her family still suffers from the trauma of her brutal murder, yet the amount of support they received has been amazing. So, like I said, Gwen's mother still suffers a lot from the trauma that happened. But the support she has gotten from the LGBTQ plus community and the activism has been immense. She is so grateful for anyone who has helped out with Gwen's case. I hope y'all enjoyed today's episode. I know it's sad to see a case, a case like Gwen's, but if anyone out there who is part of the LGBTQ plus community has been part of a hate crime, please report it to the authorities. I know it's scary, but we never know how much help it can be sometimes. Anyway, if you guys are interested in more topics like this, please let me know. Or if you have a topic in specific that you want me to talk about, don't hesitate to send it over. You can find this podcast on Instagram under at late night cafecito with Michelle, or you can find me on my personal Instagram under at jolly, holly jolly Mika, which is usually sorry I'm Michelle, but it's changed due to the holiday season. I will see you guys ne- next episode and thank you for listening to this one. Good night. <laughs>